0: Oh, with God's help, I want to turn back to the passage that we've read from the book of Genesis, chapter 19. I put a a title on our message today, Escape for Your Life. Escape for Your Life. And as I said, we come to a, a very solemn part of God's Word this morning, and we need His grace to be able to to share what God wants us to share, and we need His grace and His help to hear what God wants us to hear. So may He open our hearts to hear His Word today. It's told also in Luke's gospel that we see that it wasn't so much a great list of sins that were listed out. That was the reason given for Lot's wife being caught up in in God's judgment. Because we read that life was just going on as normal. It was just another day in, in life. It says, just as it was in the days of Lot, they will be eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on that day when Lot went out from Sodom, fired on sulfur rain from heaven and destroyed them all. And it says, so it will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. But Lot's wife, she looked back and we're told, to remember Lot's wife. So I want to look just very simply, can't go into to it all, but just want to look very simply and highlight some of the things from this passage today. I want to say first of all that the order that was given to Lot and his family was an urgent order. It was an urgent order. In Genesis 19 at verse 15, we read as morning dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. Escape for your life, verse 17. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. So much depended on their action, their obedience, to God's command. They were told very clearly, very, very clearly indeed, what they had to do. Their lives depended on it. The situation is dire. The sin of Sodom was so great. Judgment is going to fall. It's a life and death situation. They were, They had to escape. Otherwise, they were going to be caught up in God's judgment. Why is this so urgent? Well, we read in verse 13, For the angel said, We are about to destroy this place because the outcry against his people has become great before the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it, so they didn't have long." You might be thinking, Well, how does this relate to us today? Well, the warning is the same. In Sodom the warning was given. Here in God's word the warning is given, escape for your life. Why is it so urgent, someone might say? You might be sitting here and say, Well, I will most probably see tomorrow and probably much longer. The Bible says, You also must be ready. In Luke twelve forty, you also must be ready. Regardless of what we think, God's word tells us that we must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect. So when God's word says that, see, life is so uncertain. We had a holiday up in our home, up in Rogart just recently, and we looked out the window on a Sunday afternoon, and Just a corner along from the house there had been an accident and someone on a motorbike was lying on the road and the next thing there's an air ambulance sitting in the field. Probably went out for a nice motorbike run, we take it. The man was okay, we never heard anything different. But it could have been so different. Even my own brother-in-law, years ago, He was working on a forklift that had a a buckrick that had a hydraulic push-off on it. And the thing activated while he was working on it and his head got caught in in the workings of it. Again, air ambulance flown off to hospital. And he realized that day that his life could have been cut short and he wasn't ready. And that was the means of him coming to cry out to God for mercy, to trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. Some of you might remember back, it was back in, it was a Sunday actually, on the 10th of March 1999. A plane took off heading to Ethiopia and it crashed with a hundred and Fifty-seven people on board, six minutes after takeoff, and all were lost. See, they left one morning never to return home, and we think we have time. We, We always think we're going to see tomorrow. We always think we'll have next week and perhaps years, but life is uncertain, and the Bible says you also must be ready. But more importantly than that even God commands all people everywhere to repent God's God's command he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world It was God's command in Sodom and it's God's command for you and me and it's urgent the day is set, it's coming closer. Whether we will leave this in time or the time when, when Jesus Christ will return, we will be very foolish. Won't we? Be very foolish to disobey God's word. We will be very foolish not to take heed of what God is saying to us because he tells us what's right. Remember, he is a faithful and true servant. And he tells us what's right and good and what's best for us. So that was the the command. And secondly, I want to see that there were various responses. There was a varied response. Some didn't take this command seriously at all. In verse 14, we read, Sir Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. They thought it was just a joke. How many people think that today? You can't be serious. You don't believe that kind of stuff today. People will tell you. Oh, yes, we do, because the Bible tells us it's God's word. They thought it was a joke, but know this. These sons-in-law who thought it was a joke then, they don't find it a joke today. They are not laughing about the situation today, not treating it seriously. They would do anything to have their foolish, disastrous choice changed. They would do anything to turn the clock back. <laughs> it's too late. Judgment has come. They thought it was a joke. They have been they're in a lost eternity and will be forever and ever. Friends, it's not a joke. It's serious. God's commanding everywhere. All men everywhere to repent. Some linger. Even Lot himself, we were told that he lingered, although we know that Lot did, Lot did get to, to safety. But how many are lingering? How many are putting it off? We, we read, but he lingered, so the men seized him by and his wife and his two daughters by the hand. The Lord been merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. Don't linger. Don't look back, just keep going. Judgment is coming. People linger thinking, well, I'll have tomorrow. People think, well, this decision, well, I don't think it would just be right for me just now. If I took that step, it's going to spoil my life. It would be seriously restrictive for me. If I was to throw my lot in and, and trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior, I just think it would be very restrictive. It might even be financially unprofitable for me to do that. Really, I'm going to be taking a step into the unknown. No, no, I'm just not sure about this. No, not, not for me just now. Maybe sometime later. Maybe think that you'll be in a better place sometime later. How can you possibly think that when God says the time is now? Who are we, really, to think that we know better than God? When God says the time is now, now is the favorable time. (laughs) Now is the day of salvation. If you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts we're saying not now God as if we know better now is the time some lingered ignored the warnings ignored the command Who would, how would we ever know that we will have an opportunity later how does anybody know that they will even have the desire to come Later. Don't linger. Some say, no, I can't. I can't do that. Might be all right for you, Mr. Preacher, or someone else, but no, I couldn't do that. People make all kinds of excuses and say, well, I don't know if I would be able to keep that up. I cannot. Even Lot himself and Lot here, I'm not preaching about Lot today, but Lot wasn't in a good place with the Lord, we know that. And even when the Lord told him to escape to the hills, he says, Oh no, my Lord, and he he had this little city in mind that was just a small one and maybe thought the evil in the city wasn't just too bad, and he wanted to go there. But if the Lord had commanded him to go to the hills, the Lord would have given them the strength to go to the hills. And if the Lord is commanding you and all men everywhere to repent, the Lord will give you the strength to repent. And the Lord will give you the strength to go on. And he'll give you the help that you need. And it doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on me. Can I do it? Can I keep it up? But it depends on him. Because our trust is in him. And he is our help. And he is the one that goes before us. Because we are weak and we will fall. And everybody who comes to the Lord, comes to the Lord for this reason. Because they can't do it themselves. Nobody can do it. And that's why we come in the first place. Because we've sinned. We've fallen short of his glory. And we come to him because he alone is able. Oh, can't you see it? He's just calling us to come. And we're making all kinds of excuses. And say, no, I can't. But if God is calling us, the only thing we have to do is come. With his strength, you can do it. There was a clear, thirdly, a clear direction given. And as they brought them out, one said, escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. Don't look back. Don't stop. That is crystal clear, isn't it? Why? Why? Why was this call, this command so urgent? Because judgment was going to be so swift. Any hesitation was fatal. Now you might say, well, that's a bit harsh, is it not? God is portrayed as as a God of love and care and faithful and kind and good. Yes, absolutely 100% true. He's a just God. And it's only, we need to recognize this, it's only because of God's mercy and grace and love that they're even having the opportunity to escape. And so are we. See, that's the thing. God tells them through the the angels that, that came, because he wants them to escape. He tells them, not, to, don't look back and don't stop. Because he's for them. He's not against them. And, and this is the way that they have to escape. This is the only way. You see, it's a great tactic of the enemy to make people think that God is actually against them. Isn't it? That's what the enemy wants to think. The enemy wants people to think that God is actually against you and he's not for you. Which is a lie. God is for you. And that's why he told them clear instructions of what they had to do. You see, Satan is against you. See, if God was against you and against me, against creation against mankind he would have written us off long ago if God was against us would he have sent his son because he loved the world so much would he have sent his only son into this world to die at Calvary's cross if he was against us no he did all of that so that we could be saved because of his love for us for sinners And so it is for you as he gives the clear command to Lot and his daughters and Lot's wife. It's a clear command he gives to to us today because he wants you to be saved. He's commanding you to repent. And he said there can be no looking back. There can be no stopping. Escape for your life. Flee to the place of God's safety. Obey the commands and all will be well. Because we know that the looking back was just a hankering after the things of the world that have have gripped so many people, that they're gripped by the things of this world. God is saying, you need to let that go. There can be no looking back. There can be no stopping. You need to go with your eyes, with your trust in Jesus Christ and your eyes fixed upon him, holding fast to his word. Just finally, well, there was a, a very fatal end. We know the story. In verse 26, it says, but Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. We see here that her heart was still in Sodom. We see that we're told that she was behind Lot. It's like she was dragging her heels a bit because her heart was still in the things of Sodom. Her heart was in the things of the world. And, but at the same time, we need to recognize that she's such a privileged person. She is such a privileged person Abraham, Lord's uncle, prayed and prayed and interceded. I wonder how many people have prayed and interceded for you. You're a privileged person. The truth was brought to her. The truth of how she can escape this judgment, God's judgment, It was brought so clearly to her. What a privileged person she was. And you know we too are privileged people. Because I know for a fact that if you come along here. Or if you watch these services online. Every week. Every Wednesday the word of God is faithfully proclaimed. From this pulpit. And we're a privileged people. Have you taken hold of the warnings? Are you going in the right way or are you still, like Lot's wife, holding on to hankering after the things of this world that have you gripped? See, her worldly goods and all that she knew back home in Sodom were more important to her, were more important to her than Jesus Christ himself. And she didn't let it go. She was holding on to it. Perhaps, on one hand, she knew that she should. She had clear directions to escape. But her heart was fixed on what would be her downfall Sodom. What a poor woman. She had every opportunity, she was so privileged. She was even dragged out of danger by the hand of an angel. Dragged out. Flee. Escape for your life. And she seemed to go so far. But she stopped. It wasn't so much that she looked back. Yes, she looked back. It was her heart that was looking back. Because her heart had never been changed. Judgment overtook her. And we read that Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And she was lost under God's wrath and judgment for all eternity and she's still lost today and she will be lost forever and ever. And It could have been so different and you know the sad thing is she was just at the edge of the city of refuge. She was almost there. She was making her way and she didn't have far to go on the edge of the city of refuge where she would be safe. She didn't make it. Oh my friends there's someone to here today and Maybe that you're like that. Maybe you come along faithfully, regularly, week by week. Maybe, yeah, there's a sense that you, you can feel something of God. You, 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 his word and the singing of his praises and all, it does something for you. But you've never taken that step of faith to throw your lot in, that you, you trust him as your saviour. That you know your sin's forgiven. You know that when God's judgment will fall that you will be saved. Not because of anything in yourself but you're trusting in him. Not trusting in the fact that you're coming along. You see the reality is she's eternally lost. And just to sum up where are you looking Today? We're told, we were told in Luke's gospel, that life will be gone on as normal. It'll be just another day. when we're not expecting, Christ will come, perhaps doing the same routines, same desires, still thinking we have got time. Ignoring the warnings. Thinking it'll never happen to me. Ah, these 157 people in that plane when they left, they maybe thought, just an hour or two, a few hours, we'll be home. Six minutes later, they were in eternity. That never entered their head. God warns us that Jesus will come when we don't expect him. What can I say? Well, there's one thing to do if you're not ready. And if you know that you're not ready, escape. Escape for your life. Escape to the mountain was the the command that was given. Escape to Jesus Christ, the rock of salvation. It was just as the angel reached out their hands and thrust it into the hands of Lot and his wife and his daughters and pulled them out. Can't you not see a Savior with his hands reaching out to you? With his hands reaching out to you in love. He died on the cross. He died that we might be forgiven. He has already made the first move. God sent his son because of his love for sinners. And he's calling us to come. He is mighty to save. Come while you have the opportunity. We have the here and now, don't we? We're not promised the next minute, never mind the next hour. And all we know is the here and now. And that's why God says, come, come while it's here and now that we have this time. You have this moment in your life to come. If you have never come before, to cry out to him and ask him for mercy. Ask him to save you, to reach out in faith. You could pray just a simple prayer. Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me for all of my sins. And come into my life and be my Savior and make me ready. And don't look back, don't be hankering after holding on to the things of the world. But, but come to Jesus Christ who will set you free, gloriously free, free from sin, forgiven, ready for when that time comes. Whether we're taken away in death or when Jesus comes. Oh, it's such a comfort to know that we can know Jesus Christ and that we can be ready so that when that day comes we know that we're going to go to be with him rather than with Lot's wife and all the others who have refused to obey the command to repent and who will be cast into outer darkness Where there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth with no comfort forever and ever. Surely you would come to Jesus and be saved. May God help us. Lord, we we look to you. We pray, O Lord, for your word to speak to us and that we would be found ready. It's such a serious thing to go through life without hope and without Christ. We ask you that you would help us to come. Help us to to come to you. To put our trust in you. And you will help us. That we can know the greatest friend. The greatest master of all. The Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to do that. Maybe there's someone here who's Who's backslidden and they need to come back to you as Master. Help them to come. Maybe there's someone who's, and they've never put their hope and their trust is not in you. Help them to come. And we want to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.